The DWA podcast is recorded live to SD card at the old Wrigley building in Santa Cruz, California. Driving while awesome lockdowns radio hour. <laughs> oh God. Yo. Do you guys know what a fluffer is? GTO. Mellow grinds. Oh, I got a PT Cruiser. It's a convertible. It's really cool. Oh, this smells of crayons for you. <laughs> hey, YOLO. You only have one life. Do you have coilovers? No, beat it. Yeah, I'd say that's a pretty good podcast right there. (laughs) (laughs) Damn it, I screwed it up. Support us on patreon.com forward slash driving while awesome. You can support the show and in turn, you also get other benefits. We've been doing some Patreon only podcasts. We give early rally access. We have a dirt racing league, a bunch of other stuff over on Patreon. And when you sign up, we give you a free sticker pack, DWA sticker pack, with some exclusive DWA stickers that aren't available to the public. A lot of fun stuff over there, and it helps support the show. So cruise over to patreon.com forward slash driving while awesome, and we'd really appreciate it. This episode of the Driving While Awesome podcast is brought to you by RadForSale.com, the only auction site entirely focused on the Radwood era. Have something to sell? They are now accepting your 80s and 90s cars, trucks, and motorcycles for auction on Rad for Sale. Have a Fox Body Mustang, Integra GSR, or Kawasaki Ninja? Those are great. They're also looking for excellent Radwood era parts and gear, like wheels, seats, apparel, ephemera, and more. So it's time to start going through the garage. Rad for Sale is a visually appealing and informative auction site with interesting and unique features while focusing completely on our favorite era of the automobile, the Radwood era. Join them at radforsale.com. Welcome to Driving While Awesome. My name is Warren. I'm Lane. Uh, Martin and I'm checking my mic is on. Yes, it is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just the little details here. Professionals. That's what we are, right? Straight up. I think so. Yeah. Straight, up. Straight up. Word up. 8675309 Jenny Street. Yep. Yep. That's the location of the station. I think, wait, that that song, it's his like best friend's girlfriend or something? Or what is that? Oh, really? No, that's my is best that friend's girl. That's oh, that's my song. best friend's girl. Oh, She's my yeah. best friend's girl. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah so okay. uh, yeah. we're talking about the placeholder address that we have on Radwood SoCal because we haven't officially announced the venue yet. Um, I did the same thing for NorCal and I put the Elm Street address for Freddy Krueger, oh, the yeah. Freddy Krueger house or whatever. That's a little more obscure. I don't it, know if I would get that. Elm Street though? Is that a dead? No, I mean, it's Elm Street. But there's Elm but, Streets in the world. But it's like, yeah, it, yeah. Whatever it was, I forgot. I I don't see. I don't know the number. But if I would have seen Elm Street, I would have immediately like associated. I mean, if with you that. put like Nightmare on, I might be like, oh. And okay. so everyone yeah. went to that address, which does exist. <laughs> Perfect. See, <laughs> and it's like I, that person's yeah, bummed. Yeah, and they're like, what the hell's going on? What the fuck are all these Miatas out here for? Yeah, uh, I don't know. <laughs> Not to say the Miata owners can't read directions, but you know how it goes. I don't know. What um, that means. All right. Well, how you how you guys doing? How you feeling? We got uh got a busy uh, episode here coming up. I'm in the club and I'm about. feeling myself. Uh, oh, it's nice. weird. We haven't done a Zoom uh, podcast in quite a while. It feels like I know because uh, we had it was a bid nerds and then the rally and then this. So yeah, it's yeah. been a while and we recorded on the rally, which was already 
feels like an eternity ago. I know. A long time ago. It does, um, yeah. I do. Uh, since we're talking about the rally really quick, I have a, a quick uh, rally, uh, what did I say, wear and tear update on my car. Ooh, subframe. I had, had a kind of fan noise going on, and I thought maybe like fan clutch was going bad or fan was broken or something. It just w- w- much more whirring involved mm. uh, when I was revving the engine. And I come to find out my fan shroud has loosened and it was hitting the fan <laughs> and w- has fucked up the fan shroud completely. So it just had enough like give like mm. maybe a quarter of an inch. It could go back and forth slightly, maybe even less than that. Yeah. Eighth of an inch. And it, it was just enough to rub on the fan at certain times and ruin the bottom portion of the fan shroud. Art, does this sound familiar? That's exactly what happened to me. And so, and, and I have a theory. I have a theory. Check this out. So old cars were not rocking strut braces. I think there's flex in that radiator support as we're hauling ass in these mountains. I mean, these cars are so flimsy now. And I, I feel hmm. like the mine had already been smacked a bit, but it wasn't doing that before that, right? So and then it, it did it after a fir- like a full day of hard driving. And so... Um, it seems like the same place. Yeah, it sort of twists that way where the bottom starts to hit because that got closer and closer to the fan the more I drove the car. So, Well, the weird thing for yeah. me is that the, the clips that hold it in place are plastic, but those are still in place. But th- now there's just enough movement that it's allowed the thing to slide a little bit mm. into the fan. But I feel like, yeah, like if you, that whole, if the radiator support is something moving around, tweaked, right? Yeah. Like it's like, it, it sort of loosens it. Cause mine popped out of yeah. the bottom lower, right. Um, just as you're um, basically that area was the one that was rubbing, but, uh, right. we should get strut braces on our cars. Yeah. Strut braces would be good. If anyone's uh, listening that, uh, build strut braces, holler. Um, that's a good theory. I mean, it wouldn't hurt anyways, but, uh, yeah. So that was, that was my, um, discovery. Um, channel here as I parked the car in the garage and I heard it again. I'm like, this just doesn't sound right. So then I, I did a little investigative uh, journalism and here we are. Mm-hmm. So uh, new fan shroud is on order and uh, I'm also replacing the hood pad and some other little things. But um, yeah, so anyways, something I didn't catch and I'm glad it wasn't a problem. The other good news is that the fan, it looks fine. So the fan is much stronger than the fan shroud. Um, yeah, I, can I did. I, I concur. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it's still a pain in the ass to replace that thing i have to take the fan off yeah. and fucking i hate that it's shit, so, so annoying dude that's why i ended up so i was gonna annoying. remove it originally and i'm like fuck it i'll just cut off the part that's rubbing because you can't remove yeah. the fucking shroud without removing the fan which requires a special tool and that's a whole other and then there's gonna be yeah. some while you're at it stuff and I, yeah I don't do you know, have one just, i have one if you want to borrow it i i have one i can borrow yeah i okay. don't have one in my in my house but um yeah, so anyways, that's what's going on with that. And the BMW needs a few other little things to pass smog, which is due. Oh, so it's going to be going into seems like the yesterday. shop, I think. I know. Gosh, dang it. Anyways, so uh, that's, that's rally talk. But um, what do you guys want to do here? We have some Instagram questions. We could do those. Mm-hmm. I want to talk a little bit about my road trip I took after the rally. And then we obviously have a Corvette C8 to review. Mm-hmm. Um, what else is going on? Sounds good to me. I like that that flow. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Okay. <laughs> Lane Lane got a new computer and the camera is in the keyboard. So it looks up to his his chin. It's my a, nostrils a, and my chin. It's beautiful. every girl's worst dream. It looks I like know, right? you need one of those uh those YouTuber like light rings though, because it's your lighting's all fucked up right now. No, but I mean Dude, his camera's I know. at his at his Fuck. hands. Like Yeah. It's not right. So dumb, dude. I need like an external camera or something, or we just need to stop doing these zooms. Yes, let's stop. Yeah, doing well, zooms that's too. that's definitely needs to happen. Yeah. Um, 
That's so weird. Once in a while, Instagram just will not let me sort the questions by newest. So strange. Anyways. Yeah, Instagram's it. not always like, it's not very consistent, right? No, it's weird. It's really weird. They're like ex- always right. experimenting. Uh, right? Questions on Instagram. If you uh, if anything's on your mind, go to our Instagram page and throw down a question like Walter M. Wood did. He says, I can probably go to Monterey Car Week for one day because of the newborn. Congratulations, man. Yeah. Uh, with that said, which day do you guys recommend that I go? It's a loaded question. Uh, I would say Friday. Friday, the most stuff is going on. Would be the most happening down there. Even if you don't have a ticket to an event, like yep. just being in the Peninsula area, Monterey, downtown Monterey, downtown Carmel, you'll see a lot of interesting stuff. Um, if you can get a ticket somewhere, well, let's see. Quail's probably sold out, but what about um, when's Legends? When and where is that? Legends is, that Friday? is Friday, and it's downtown Carmel Valley, which is really cool this year. It's in the valley, and that's free. Yes. So that would be a good place to start maybe early in the day and then work your way towards Carmel, 17-mile drive, and then Monterey. Mm-hmm. That's what I would And recommend. then I think the Porsche show is that day, and I believe that's free or usually is. Uh, I don't know. I'm not sure all these places are doing, like, if they're limiting tickets this year or what, but, you know, that was always just a free just walk-in show, both Legends and the Porsche one. And that's Remember Works Reunion, correct? Yeah, Works, yeah. So... Um, yeah, so that's good. And then afterwards, this is uh, your, the first you're hearing of this. I'm we're trying to figure this out, and I don't know if it's going to work this year, but we've always wanted to do an evening engines, which is essentially a, a nighttime version of our morning motors. Basically just a kicker, just a chill sesh, uh-huh. really. Pick a, pick a cool spot to park, and everyone comes, and hopefully there's a place to buy food or beers or coffee or all of the above. And... Um, the Monterey is tough because there's not a lot of like big open lots that have cool stuff near it. So we have a few ideas and I don't know how many people are really going to be into it because there's so much stuff going on that it may be less of a, a draw than if we did it, you know, at the Wrigley building some night or what have you. So, um, anyways, that would be Friday night as well, which is what kind of we're penciling in. Um, so yeah, that's a good one. Um, and then, of course, Sunday's Pebble Beach. Saturday's Concorso mm-hmm. Italiano. Oh, uh, and Friday, those... you also have the racetrack, too. So if you want to, you know, if you do get tickets to the racetrack, that's really good, too. Yeah, and that won't um, sell out, I don't think. So you could always yeah. get a ticket. It won't be cheap, but that's a really good good call because Friday will be, like, full swing. Every car will be there. And yep. um, the paddock alone is a cool just walkthrough and it's not the he- busiest day is probably saturday and then sunday is kind of dead so sunday is like strictly you know the pebble beach and mm-hmm. nothing else really a lot of people go home it's pebble and some auctions i think but you're right i think saturday night is like the peak of auctions and yeah. then sunday's pebble and that's kind of it and everyone's burned out so I've gone to like Sunday night. I'm like, oh, let's go to dinner in Carmel. And we go after Pebble and there's like nobody, <laughs> nobody yeah. around. It's like yeah. two cars and uh, everyone's just like half drunk and passed out. So, yeah. One thing that uh, sucks about Car Week and Monterey in general is cleaning your blue suede shoes. Uh, what's up? Is getting your blue suede shoes clean? No, dude, those time? are easy to come by. Um, 
the, the thing pants, that sucks pants. is restaurants don't stay up late or stay open late that late. Mm-hmm. They they a lot of places close at nine still, and you're like, I know it's like they just yeah. keep the same schedule, right? Yeah, yeah. it's really weird. Yeah, the, so everyone I ends remember, up at the same places, right? Like a few bars in town, like that British yeah. pub place. Two and, years ago, Warren and uh, Warren and I and our wives went to go to dinner after a Haggerty party, and we had to like rush there. Because they closed right. at nine o'clock or something, and it's like, yeah, and that was on the strip downtown Monterey. It's like, yeah, yeah, that's right. I know. Uh, what a dumb thing. You would think yeah. they'd extend it an hour or something European yeah. style. Yeah. So uh, actually, on Patreon right now, I'm I'm just writing a post to kind of get people synced up for Monterey Car Week and Camping While Awesome is the first part of that. Um, that week, which is August 6th through the 9th, actually. I don't think we're going to stay till the 9th, but it was a three-night minimum. And uh, that's at turn six at Laguna Seca. So we'll have, uh, again, we're talking chill sesh and kicker. And then oh, yeah. maybe uh, go down to the paddock, walk around the racetrack, um, you know, have some laughs, a couple mm-hmm. of... Uh, have some of, love. Yeah, oat sodas, as they call them. Yep. Some, some dad beers. Uh, you know, whatever happens, but, uh, yeah, we got a couple other people going, um, have sites. So I think we have the whole turn six area pretty much locked down and then, um, we'll be there. So there'll be room for camping. I don't know if there's a lot of room for cars to park because they limit that. But if you're listening to this and you're like, I want to go camping in at Laguna Seca, holler at your boys. Yeah. And if you don't want to go camping and just hang out for the day, there's also, you know, yeah, exactly. we're going we're to be there and. There's always going to be a guarantee. There's always people at the campsite, you know, hanging out, drinking, eating, watching the race from our campsite, too. Mm-hmm. And that's a great yeah, place exactly. to spectate. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Great event. All right. Uh, Bobby Reed with the cars. What is your number one safety tip for working on cars that you learned the hard way? Mm. Uh, I'll start. Uh, those self uh, tightening radiator uh, clamps, hose clamps. They're kind of like they're spring clamps that can open and close with a with a tool. Um, there's a lot of tension on them, and I opened one, and it kind of like somehow clicked open, it, like on itself. And then I set it down, the clamp, and it sprung off my glasses and almost knocked my hat off my head before flying to the ceiling and then across the shop. So if I wasn't wearing glasses, I think I would have I'd be blind right now you would have a sweet scar like and you could like dr evil style oh that's true like in the corner <laughs> of your eye or something, you know? the details of my life are quite inconsequential yes. <laughs> fire the laser um yeah that's a good one dude that's a weird one yeah so what what is the the what is the moral of the story there like what do you moral do story is where wear eye protection if you okay. don't wear glasses like my dorky ass um a good uh you know, safety glasses are, are recommended as much as it, it's easy to forget them. I mean, like anything, gloves or whatever, you start working on something and the next thing you know, you're, you're knee deep in a sanding project. I know. I hate that, dude. It's, it's, you have to get good ones because I've had them over the years and like, they're just like foggy or they're kind of, they don't, they're, you I know, know. And you it's, really it's uncomfortable. And like, in, I was of the just under the $2, car. Yeah. $2 pair. You need the like $10. I know. Pair. Right. Like I, I was just under the car before the rally. Like I was checking the transmission fluid level cause it does the rear seal does leak. And, uh, of course, while I was removing the stupid fill bolt, like I got like grease in my eye and I'm like, <laughs> it's just like so annoying, you know, and all of, yeah, I could, I could have been wearing eye protection. It would have been fine. That's, that's a good one. 
Yeah, um, I don't do that enough. I think it's yeah. one of those like it's hard enough for me to find my tools, but it's definitely a thing you should do. But yeah, stupid yeah. not to. Yeah, the the one for me is jack stands. Um, that's yeah. when I was you know younger. Yeah. I just used the jack all the time and didn't care. I know that you know when you're when you're on the side of the road making an emergency repair, it's one thing. But when you're at home and you have your jack stands, like. I've had cars fall off of jack stands, um, you know, before, or I'm sorry, off of uh, jacks. And um, um, yeah, so now always, uh, even if yeah. it's just in the back and then I have the front jack going, you know, like just while I'm working. So, cause basically that's what happened is I had the front right corner on both occasions and it slipped back, you know, and it fell, the mm. rear fell on the ground and like, um, but if I would have had a jack stand back there, you know, it supports the whole car. So yeah. um, at the bare yeah. minimum, have that going. Ideally, you put it entirely on jack stands if you can. But I had a I had one where we were using a, the factory scissor jack in a Toyota Celica. And this is like when I was in high school, so mm-hmm. didn't know anything. And it was a hot day uh, at my friend's house, level ground. But the asphalt was so hot oh. that it basically oh, dug slipped in. out. And right before we were going to go into the car, the whole thing just slipped out in the car. Bam! Yeah. Fell yeah. down. Like, dude. (laughs) So that's a good one. Didn't have to learn the hard way, but uh, it always stuck with me. And ever since then, I'm like terrified of that. Yeah, luckily same here. No, no, no injuries or anything like, and no damage to the car really. So um, that was pretty lucky. Yeah, I have a similar one. My, I was, Jack. I was like changing a wheel on my mom's Audi A4 at the time, like a brand new Audi A4 Avant, and uh, same thing, like scissor jack, flat floor in the garage, and um, and it uh. Ben flipped, you know, just went over on it and went to the ground. And it was pretty mm. rad. Uh, <laughs> pretty and rad. I think the lesson there is also chalking the wheels. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, always. And I think that's what actually happened in that situation. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, always remember to chalk the wheel, put the e-brake on, and, you know, if you can, and and the and put it in gear. Um but also the real thing is using jack stands like Art said. Yeah, but that is a good point. Yeah, like chalking the wheel. Like on the rally when I was on um, both occasions, especially when I when I first discovered my um what's it called? My uh fan shroud issue is like we sp- <laughs> I had like people walking around for five minutes with me trying to find something to chalk the wheel. And if you look at the pictures posted, I ended up using my sledgehammer because we couldn't find any like large rocks <laughs> or or a branch. Oh, wow. Uh but that that was enough, you know, to keep it stable, which is but that's super yeah. key. You're right. And another one is just putting, you know, if you're on the road, on the side of the road stuff, it's nice if you have like a wheel or something to put under the car yeah. that if the car does fall, it'll, it'll land on the wheel and won't cut your leg off. Totally. Basically. Yep. Good. Good one. Uh, ben Rogat says, how would the automotive landscape be different if Tesla didn't exist? Hmm. Man, I don't know. I think it, my opinion is that it might just cars. be like five years ago, basically. It's slower, right? Because, I mean, it, yeah. somebody was going to take a, take that up and take on yeah. the EV thing, but it was just not as rapid. Um, yeah. yeah. yeah it did. Like, obviously, uh, the hybrid scene would still be going, and uh, I think there'd be plug-in hybrids and stuff, but I don't think the luxury electric market would be further along as it is. Like, the Taycan wouldn't exist, and, you know, there would yeah. be no Lucids or... Um, rivians and stuff at this point maybe in the early stages but i doubt it would be that far along what do you guys think yeah that seems yeah that seems to be the that's case. that's what i'm kind of getting yeah i think yeah. it's like whatever five years or i don't know what the number is but right i think it's just a little we're, we would be basically the world would be better off um <laughs> the car world because we don't you know we wouldn't be there wouldn't be as much like 
the end of the combustion engine right now, but it would maybe be like five years from now kind of thing. Right, right. Okay. Um, Dont320 says, I'm on the taller end of the spectrum, so car size in the rad era is definitely a factor. What car did you love that just didn't fit you ergonomically? Any kudos to a car that fit you tremendously well? That's on lane, I think, right I, Well, <laughs> I, went, I was going to buy a, an NA Miata as a commuter yeah. when I worked in San Jose, and um, I just couldn't really fit well on it. It just, I was a little too big. I'm not a huge person, you know. Are you looking at my gut? I'm working on it. Um, but uh, I just couldn't fit great in it, and I didn't buy it for that reason. And the other one that I really wanted to like and buy was a Caddy uh, Volkswagen. Uh, oh, Mark yeah, so small. It's just the seats don't go back. So yeah. unless you're good with where they are, there's really no adjustments. And that's why I was tripping out that our buddy Chef Malone bought a Caddy and he's going to use it as his work truck. Yeah. Um, and he's 6'3", I think. So he's tall, he, yeah. he, he made it work. I think it's a lot of like uh, uh, sprawled legs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of legs up by the steering wheels. A lot of, of knees, knees up to the elbows. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I agree. Like the, I was having that conversation the other day it's like i think a miata you know it's one of those it's always the answer right and a miata is such a cool car uh but that's a difficult one to like especially on these like like it's such a great rally car but it isn't the most comfortable thing um i know there is like tall guy mods you can do that make it better so that i haven't driven one like that i imagine they're a lot better um i mean even dude but, even for me like the i i always either changed the seat or did the foamectomy on the bottom like and yeah. you know i'm not that tall and other and it, it made a big difference you're way more mm-hmm. in the car because you can shave about three inches off of the seat cushion and you're sitting on a thin fucking like thing of of, of fat of uh, foam but then you also get more bolstering right because you're like removing from the back and the bottom uh yeah. for the stock seats or you can do a floor mounted one but um but yeah, the Miata is a tricky one. I'm I'm comfortable in every other way. It's just if otherwise I feel too high up and like, you know, it, I, it's it's not a deal breaker, but it's better if I lower it. And I'm only you know five nine ish, so it's like yeah, it yeah, gives it's, you more options. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could, I mean, because I was thinking about that just after the rally. It's like I would, it'd be rad to have that new Miata. Seems like the perfect power to weight kind of thing, uh, and it's an open top car and all this stuff. It's pretty rad. Um, but yeah, as far as I know, I haven't driven an ND, but I've driven all the other ones and they're just so tight, dude. But I do think uh, doing like a seat swap or something like that would probably go a long way. And I know Smaller people do the Lotus Elise seats in a lot of cars. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a kind of a cool option because they're, they're so thin too that you can even put the seat further back, you know? Yeah. My, I mean, the, you have the mutant torso lane, so a lot of I cars know. don't fit you perfectly well, right? That's what it's, it is. It's a tur- torso. I'm not tall. I'm just like, I'm like six foot even or just yeah. there under. And it's like, kind of got yeah. the Italian uh, thing going where it's like short, shorter legs, long torso. Yeah. Yeah. You could probably do a yeah. smaller steering wheel too, right? That might help for you. Oh, yeah. Uh, that would, that's a good tip. Yeah. That helps a lot. Like the 944, that's essential. Mm. Um, but the 944 is big besides that because the steering wheel is not adjustable yeah um, so the other the other one was um kudos to a car that fit you tremendously well is there anyone that stands out for you guys i mean every time i get in an s class i'm like this is this is <laughs> how it should be this is 914 it. dude 914 huh yeah you which like is weird on the it's ground such a small, feel 
I love being on the ground, dude. Lo- as low yeah. as possible, I'm in. Mm. <laughs> Bobsled. You're going to get losing. Seriously, luge. I just like feeling like you're part of like, you're the bottom of the car. You're not on top tipping around on it, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah, right. I mean, we'll talk about it later, but this Corvette definitely doesn't have enough um, <laughs> enough lowness. So, mm-hmm. And I'd rather be looking through the windshield than at the fucking top of the windsh- windscreen, you know, the top of the... Mm-hmm. the yeah. The whatever you call that, the header panel or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, so. you can't get much lower than a 914. It's about as low no. as it goes. Yeah. Yeah, and those are super slim, just fiberglass seats with some foam. Um, so they really like maximize the the uh the amount of room inside the cabin for how small it is. Mm-hmm. I think a Mini Cooper is the same way. Like they have ton- they have a lot of room. Um yeah. despite their size, you know? Yeah. Like old minis. Yeah, I mean, I, there's a lot of. I mean, I I've, I fit in a lot of cars, uh, but I think um, I'm happiest in air cooled 911s. I feel like really, really, I like that seating position and how you're so like you're like in it, you know, like you're so up close to the dash and it's so thin and you can the oh, visibility yeah. is killer and like plenty of headroom, shoulder room, all that. Um, and also uh, the first gen NSX. I'm very, very comfortable in those and, um, in every way. Yeah. NSX is cozy. That's great. Great visibility. It's got cockpit style, but not too cramped. Right. You know what's good about it? It doesn't have that. The windshield still feels fairly close to you as opposed to a lot of these cars where the windshield's super far away, but the header panel's like right at your head. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. NSX has an upright enough windshield to feel like, you know, the dash design too, right? That's part of it. Yeah, it's like because totally. it slants short away dash. and it's short. Yeah, versus like bulging out at the top, like so that helps with that mm-hmm. airy feel. And a super low hood, which helps. Right. I mean, that's a, I like the Corvette for that. Uh, it it falls away. Yeah, you, know? it does have you that. have the little you have the fender flares or the fenders, uh, in view, but the the hood is is gone. Yeah. Pretty oh, cool. I'll talk. One of the worst cars that I didn't expect before I drove it was like a six or nineteen seventy Boss three hundred two. Um. Mm-hmm. The steering wheel is so big and the shifter so you like there's no room for your knee between the shifter and the steering wheel. Mm. Dude, at least in stock form. I've never and driven And the same with newer Mustangs too. Like I've never driven the but like uh New Edge and the uh the SN95s as well. They're pretty tight and weird. Uh, I've never driven one, but I know you guys have the flat floor XKEs. I hear those are ridiculous. Like they're, <laughs> they're like in terms yeah, they're of basically impossible. Yeah, yeah. Well, that Jaguar D type of uh, J Lambs, mm-hmm. that thing's pretty tight in the knee to, uh, but I think a small steering wheel would solve that car. Mm. All right. Um, Richard Chen says, "What are your favorite things to eat during Monterey Car Week?" Oh, you know, just the uh, $42 hot dog at Pebble Beach. I really enjoy those. Um, I like going to Baja Cantina. Just not necessarily like it's the greatest Mexican food, but that's always a... Yeah, yeah that is kind of a time They and have place. a pretty good chicken fajitas, though, I got to say. Just throwing that out there. Yeah. Um, that's my go-to there. And But I agree with you, the, the vibe, right? It's all about the, the scene and the vibe and like yeah. just the energy there is fun. And If it's good enough for uh, Nick Mason, it's good enough for me. Um, that's a good one. And then... Uh, we used to go to um, A.W. Shucks on Car- in Carmel uh, during the Concourse in the Avenue, and they do a really good burger. Um, oh, Shucks. La Bicyclette is good. Oh, La Bicyclette's really good. And then uh, my favorite spot is Rosine's um, down 
in downtown Monterey, which is a spot that we went lane uh, with Teal and his wife. Um, yep. It's just like California cuisine, nothing fancy, but um, it's very solid. So Rosine's. And there's good beer, Alvarado Street uh, down on Monterey as well is mm-hmm. good. And I'm sure we're forgetting some other stuff that we do, but um, yeah, there's there's no shortage of good food in there. Right. So Dude, I, I went to, I'm trying to remember, it was like, it was maybe a brewer of some sort, but it, it it wasn't necessarily a place that they brewed the stuff at, but it's like one of the breweries has a restaurant off of Ocean Avenue and it's relatively new. I went there a couple of years ago. Does that sound familiar? Fieldhouse. What is it? Or Dust Bowl. Dust Bowl. Dust Bowl, is, I think it is. Yeah. And it was by the, by the water. And it was not great. Fieldhouse. Yeah, it was, it was killer. Um, one other, uh, but I don't, I mean, I don't remember exactly what I ate, but I remember really liking the food. <laughs> All right. Reg Tanj says, I've been bitten by the VW bug lately, early GTIs to be specific, having very little driving experience with these cars, which generation should I, should I consider? Looking for the right combination of analog driver feedback with some comfort as a second or third car. For reference, I've previously owned an E30 325IS, E46 ZHP, and E36 M3. I like the E36 the best, followed by the E30. And the very bottom was the E46, which was too heavy and insulated. Thank you. That's an easy, easy one. Mark II GTI. Yeah, Mark II. Yep. If you can find one and pay a lot of money for one because it'll be worth it. Um, Mark II GTI is a good combination. Otherwise, I would say go all the way up to Mark IV, in my opinion. But he said E46 M3 feels I too know. insulated and heavy, right? Yeah, just don't don't go Mark III. Mark I is going to be too expensive and not uh, comfortable enough, it sounds like. Be, yeah, too tinny. But but, Mark, yeah. II's, Mark II is great. And then if you can't find a good Mark II, uh, I would say Mark IV. I-M-H-O. Mark II all the way in, in my book. Yeah. Uh, I think those are pretty good. I mean, I think a Mark One's still good. Uh, so it's more E thirty like, yeah. right? So, it, like in that sense, so he's yeah. If he puts, I would go Mark Two as yeah. well. Um, that was a good pun though. He's he's caught the VW bug, and then ah, I was like, I was on dude. bug, and then you know said mm-hmm. water cool. Mm-hmm. So I was no like, rabbit puns though. I was a little thrown off, dude. Uh, yeah, that's no fun. No fun at all. Um. And then piggyback on that uh, whole thing about how cool Mark II's are, our buddy Chef Malone made it to Salinas on his way back to L.A. and had to tow his car home. So oh, no. Was it the fuel pump? I know. Fuel pump or something in the fuel pump housing had, like, some damage in it. And uh, long story short, he ended up on the side of the highway, spent the night in Salinas, and then had to tow it home. So, Chef, hopefully you made it by now. <laughs> He's a champ, though. Um, he came from L.A., all the way from L.A. to our morning motors, right? Like drove, I know. Home, drove to the event right after work because he, he's a chef, so he worked late night, I imagine, and then just drove straight up. <laughs> yeah, he's a, he's a savage. That's how he rolls. I like That's it. That's how he rolls. I'm stoked. And, yeah, his Mark II is great except for except for that. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, his is more hot rod, though. So I, I don't want to condemn all Mark IIs. His is definitely uh, has some performance mods that take some tinkering, and uh, he got... Yeah, he has like standalone, right? And a built engine and all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But so, it did sound like not, he had a, because he, he, he mentioned that he listened to my issues about, like, because the car had s- sat a long time as well. And so, like, he thought maybe some sediment in the system was, pro- was the, part of the issue because he did um, a rally with it. Um, they did the 50 year storm. And then he said that he literally, like, pulled it apart and was, like, shaking sand out of it. It was so bad, like, um, yeah. filters. So, 
so obviously that ruins fuel pumps you know um but i don't know yeah yeah so shouts out shouts out uh Big Fat Flip says, with the Sierra Rally fresh in my mind and engine swaps eating at my brain, what carb-legal engine swap would you do with your rally cars? Mm, uh, carb-legal, well, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Art's, Art's doing one, but uh, I don't know how you carb it. It's not doable. I already looked into it. It has to do yeah. with the intake manifold. Uh, the orientation uh, is wrong. Uh, uh, that's weird. That would be the... That's the deciding factor, huh? Yeah. Um, I mean, mine, mine is easy because people do it all the time, but it's basically just the modern equivalent straight six BMW. So M50, S54, I mean, whatever you can. Ooh, S54. <laughs> yeah, sure. So you go that, you go that. <laughs> I'd say whatever you can afford. I, I wouldn't, I can't afford that, but if you were doing it. Um, what would you do with your rally car though? So, I mean, uh, yeah, S50, S52 though is like a go-to, right? It's a well-known yeah. thing and it's super easy relatively. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's what I would like to do to mine um, if and when it happens. But I think in reality, I would just put a, a better built M50 in it or M20. I'm sorry. Um, and that would be fine. But uh, yeah, what about you guys? I mean, Lane seems like the most kind of interesting. Yeah. Yeah, but I don't know if it's carb legal. That the, five uh, valve thing? The, yep. the VW five cylinder. Or five cylinder. Just, yeah, yeah. Not five valve. Well, don't they do the five? They also do those, right? The 1.8 T's? My yeah, but that's not what I would choose. Yeah, um, but yeah, I would rather have a, a not a turbocharged engine. I think, hmm. uh, and I think I, I I love the sound of a five cylinder. So I think that's kind of what I would what I would do. One point yeah. eight T would I'm sure it'd be great, but yeah, it's not. Uh, it's just it doesn't excite me as much as doing a five cylinder the one that right. is exciting and uh you know this is again let's see is this a theoretical situation because I, I there's no way i could afford it but um i would do the two liter de-stroked s14 that went in the italian model you know so it makes the same power it's like it's like 200 horsepower out of the little two liter na s14 um and mm-hmm. um that's supposed to be a super fun engine and it obviously would actually no not obviously um well, hmm, maybe. Maybe you can get away with it because the block <laughs> says S14, you know, and so, like, it would have all the U.S. emissions equipment, so it, they wouldn't know that it's a 2-liter versus a right. 2.3. So maybe yeah. it's doable because that, that can be done with some other engines that I'm aware of uh, where, you know, as long as the code on or the stamp on the block matches, uh, then you're okay. But that would be there super fun, I think. And it's, it's BMW Motorsport. Looks cool who knows how much that engine costs <laughs> right like 20 grand <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. no big deal um all right last question here 3d lane says do you guys feel any concerns about the automotive future with evs coming in fast granted it won't happen quickly but do you see the future of the hobby in danger it's something we've discussed at length um and i'm in the camp of it's not going to happen quickly but my recent visit to the smog shop made me feel like it wouldn't be very difficult to make it much tougher for cars to allow legal in California. Um, I don't know what that'll do, but I could see them making changes to smog laws that would affect it. But there are lobbyists out of you know the SEMA group that um, fight this kind of thing to keep these old cars on the road. And there's so few of them that it doesn't seem like it would be a big uh, factor environmentally. But, uh, yeah, I just don't think it's going to happen quickly. How about you guys? 
Yeah, I think in our, especially not in our lifetime. Like, I mean, but I think toward maybe towards the end, <laughs> it could be it could be tricky. As you're saying, more restrictions, right? Like stuff that we've talked about in the past, like limiting cars to be driven on certain days of the week if they're a certain age, or maybe eventually 50 years down the road where they're you know uh, they only allow certain cars in certain lanes, and you know you have a uh, whatever. So there's. Uh, infrastructure changes that would make it more difficult as well and more expensive to drive these old cars which would deter people but i think it would yeah it would uh, reduce it but not totally eliminate it right and i think it also would be something that we see around larger metro areas where there's dense populations and stuff like that but you know I could certain places in the country would not be as affected um yeah 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 I i'm definitely i'm definitely worried but i don't know how you know what what my, <laughs> I don't really know what my worries are, but I do see you see these things like is that didn't something just come through where uh, they can like detect a chip uh, if your car is tuned like chip tuned basically. Hmm. Um, like I've heard they're doing like rumor they're doing that with smogs now. So if they can detect if your car is a chip and that makes it illegal now. Oh. Uh, so just stuff like that where they like pull in these. That's kind of worrisome. Just, you know, um, I mean, the reality, hopefully they just let us have our fun with our toys, you know, our like our point zero five percent of cars on the road or wherever we are. Um, yeah. And kind of, you know, like it's always been where they allow the pre 75s and they move that up and then I don't know. We'll see. I know. I'm with you. I think also we are coming from a place that is highly restricted already. And there's many listeners that live in areas that smog isn't even a factor. Um, and there are so few cars on the road, like registrations inexpensive and all that stuff. But here, I mean, there's counties that you have to smog it every year and an enhanced smog, which means you're on a, a dyno. Yeah. Um, and that gets tricky. You know, I mean, that's yeah. why you see Montana plates and people uh, not going through those hoops. So I did hear recently that Maine dropped all um, foreign cars, like uh, gray market cars that had been registered in the state. They're like not allowing them to re-register. Oh, wow. Um, and I don't know the details of that, so don't uh, quote me there. But yeah, I just I saw a headline and uh, that was interesting. Were you talking about it the was Delica? mainly like J- JDM stuff. Was it the Delica one? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think it was Vermont, maybe. Or, it was Maine. Or Maine was it? Yeah, it, uh, yeah. It was. I think it was a Delica. Like they're considering it for some reason. Like it's it's supposed. To, they're putting it in the K car class. Like and uh, and somehow that happened. And so they're yeah, as you said, they're basically not not allowing them on the road. It's super. You would weird. think yeah. Maine has like the impact is so small, right? There's right. not like a huge population. It's not like California or New York. Exactly, or and also like, you're you're gaining you're gaining money <laughs> you know you're monetarily yeah. uh gaining from these registrations and helping the infrastructure and roads and stuff so there's some angle there where you're thinking like these states like montana and south dakota that do these you know registrations uh for anything they're just happy to get the money i guess but well i've heard it's getting harder in montana too so. i've heard yeah. that too yeah well yeah. The, the weird thing about maine or whatever that that particular state is that did this it sounds like maine uh they actually, it's not even about emissions or anything. It's supposed to be a safety issue. And it's some weird, like it's, it's, it's the legality of running a certain type of road on us or sorry, certain type of car on us roads. And apparently the Delica is being classified as like this, like basically treated as a K truck or a K van. And it's not, which is really bizarre. 
Um, I don't, I don't understand that, but, um, that's interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. Um, all right. Well, that's it for Instagram and questions this week. Um, we did have a morning motors, not a ton of to update there, but, um, we kind of talked about it a little bit and then, um, I went on a road trip and oh, we have a Corvette. I, oh, sorry. No, yeah, you're good. For, are we going to talk about morning motors at all or no? Yeah. 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 Go for it. Um, I do want to give a shout out. I met a cool enthusiast kid at Morning Motors, and it's actually a girl that I went to high school with. It was her son. He's like 10 or 11. Oh, cool. Um, his name is Mateo, and he was like, uh, the kid was so inquisitive about cars, and it was rad, and he was just so stoked on them, and he's like talking about some car, and then he pulls out a Hot Wheel out of his pocket, you nice. know, just like so into it, and I was like, I was like, dude, we should have you on the podcast sometime. He's like, yeah, um, dad, can I do it next week? I'm like, no, wait. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it was awesome, dude. He's like super stoked. And he's like, well, if you ever have any like car stuff going on, you need someone to go with you. I'm your guy. Oh, I'm like, All right, wow. Cool, dude. So uh, how old yeah, is he? Was, he's like 10, I think he's going into 10 or 11. He's going into sixth grade. So, wow. Um, nice. Yeah, that was pretty rad. And then um, I also. Uh, I also met another guy that um, he was out here from, I think, Detroit. Um, and he was just visiting San Francisco and decided to create Zach Menning. So and he's a uh, he's an I think he's an engineer for GM. And he was uh, he's the transmission, one of the transmission guys on the C8 Corvette. So oh, he, interesting. Uh, he was super he was like. Yeah, he's all, well, yeah, let me know what you guys think because, uh, you know, I helped on the transmission. So that was his thing. Oh, so, all right. And he did um, a good job. Yeah. And he was uh, he was super stoked on the morning motors, too. He's all, man, I wish we don't have anything this good, you know, where I'm from. So, um, yeah. Cool. Very cool. Yeah, I want to shout out to uh, Dom, uh, Dommy G, um, who is the same, same guy who 3D printed uh, the door handles for the mighty max but um he hit me up and he's like i'm getting rid of this stuff i've had those these die cast cars forever and i was just seeing if your son would enjoy them i'm like yeah totally but i told him like you should save them you're gonna have a kid someday and yeah he'll be rad he's like nope i'm not having a kid so uh, he uh gave me a, a yellow f50 and a 996 turbo and a 996 carrera and a clk uh gtr which is cool Ooh, um rad. and so andrew's stoked and Thank you very much. That was awesome. But uh, otherwise, the event was rad. It was a little, uh, we were saying it was full. The lot was full and everything, but people kind of trickled in a little slower and it wasn't as frantic feeling because yeah. we just had the rally. And I think there's a core group of people that just probably didn't have the the bandwidth to make it. So those who did, uh, shouts out. But um, it was still a great, awesome turnout and some really cool cars. Yeah. You know, I had some guys, I had a bunch of people come up to me and like, you know, thank us for the event. And they were saying how, you know, they just started going last, you know, month ago or whatever, and they love it. And it's such a great crowd. It's like really cool to hear that stuff. And, you know, like William Ow, who are, uh, who owns Wrigley was super stoked on it and stuff. So yeah, I think it was a, it was a great, great showing. Yeah. And Jay Lamb of uh, Lemons fame finally made it. So Mm-hmm. That was cool. And his car, he has a D-type replica, which was a huge crowd hit, crowd favorite. And um, 
Yeah, a lot of a lot of good stuff though. Always. Yeah, yeah, it was cool. Yeah, I, I I um I talked to a few, a few different people that I had never met before, and one of them was uh, Mark. Uh, shout out to Mark out there in the yellow Datsun five ten, which is super dialed. I don't know if you saw it. I mean, like, so that's Dom's. That's dad. Dom's dad. He's Dom- been on a. He goes on the um, the uh, lunching while awesome drives with us. So I did not know that. Yeah, I made that connection. Uh, you know, he told me, and uh, that's really cool. Yeah, yeah it's super cool. And in that, his Datsun five ten is ridiculous, dude. It's like it's a rotisserie build, basically, like down to nothing yeah. built for, and it's so nice. That looks like a blast, dude. Can you imagine how fun that yeah. thing would be? That's a f- and it's built right. It has like a Rebello engine. Yeah, full. It's a full race car, basically. Um, yeah. Yeah, it looks like it has a coat. Yeah, he, he wears ear earmuffs when he, or whatever, you know, like full on, uh, yeah, ear, ear protection when he drives. Not it, surprising. So. I mean, it's got like basically, no, uh, it's like a race prepped interior, right? Where it's like got no real door yeah. panels. Like it's got an aluminum dash with just like the, the essential gauges and uh, diamond plate flooring. And um, yeah, it's it's pretty cool. Yeah. But yeah, there are a lot, a lot of cool shit though. Yeah. Yeah, Ferrari 275 GTB. That's a cool car. That was a Short nose. Yeah. Beauty. Um, by the way, I got a, um, you know, I I heard the episode with uh, Michael Deeb and um, and uh, J- oh, fucking JP. <laughs> Sorry, spacing. Uh, recently, and I got to throw uh, Michael Deeb under the bus here. He's he worked at a Ferrari dealership, and he said, Chiaro. Uh, which I was very uncomfortable with instead of Chiaro, which is, it's it, <laughs> oh, it, 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 it's the color, right? And Chiaro means clear in Italian, but to someone to work at a Ferrari dealership and say Chiaro is, is, is bizarre to me. So that was, that was bizarre. Hey, art. Yeah. Porsche. Porsche. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, they talk shit about me being not a, being on their show or whatever. I've never been invited. So, you know, I'm not going to oh. invite myself. Oh uh, yeah. So I know. Yeah, I know. Right. <laughs> I remember he did that. J- uh, uh, sorry. JP kind of did the same thing with me originally. He's like, are you ever going to come on our show? I'm all, you have to invite me first, dude. I know. It's like, <laughs> that's the way it works, right? Where, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, that was a fun show to listen to though. Uh, for those who didn't check it out, check it out. Those, those guys yeah, are fun. It check it out um all right so uh let's see here yeah you went on a trip warren i went on a trip i'll I'll talk about that really quick uh right after the rally the next day uh my family and i took uh, a thousand mile road trip in four days and it didn't feel rushed somehow but uh lexus instead of a bmw with uh actually has air conditioning which is nice um and we went up to far north california uh past mount shasta in that whole region, um, the Scott Valley and towns like Callahan and Etna and Fort Jones and Sayad Can I Valley. ask you something? I, I, I was really surprised for you to use this, but you I, I felt like you were making a political statement by tagging it as the state of Jefferson um, because... <laughs> well, no, that's where we were. But I had no choice. That's where you were. Uh, but isn't that like a, a ses- what do you call it, a separationist thing with like... For sure. Conservative every rural single folks. place, everywhere you go, it's State of Jefferson. A brand new Subaru and a license plate frame, resident State of Jefferson. Interesting. I thought, that's interesting. Um, yeah, this is for people outside of the area. It is a, like Art said, a separatist movement that essentially the rural rural parts of Northern California, Southern Oregon, and I think parts of like Idaho, Nevada. I don't know. Don't quote me on that. But they, uh, they're they tired, sick and tired of all these bureaucrats down in Sacramento and Los Angeles and San Francisco determining their 
their fates and they would like to uh, do it themselves. So it is the state of Jefferson. And this is not a new thing. It's been around since like the 40s. I even think. earlier, I think, right? Like even 1800s. Maybe or earlier. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think it has a lot to do with water rights and other things. But if you go basically anywhere in those those areas, um, you will see flags and it's a it's a double cross or two X's state of Jefferson. You can't double you can't triple cross me. So that that was a real deal. And you go to places like you know, established businesses and they have a flag out there, uh, state of Jefferson. So yeah, I was just I was just tagging it with what where I was. I see. I was in the, the roots. So were you were you like were you tr- low key like claiming state of Jefferson when you're going to restaurants? <laughs> like, oh no, I'm not from California, folks. You know, I'm, I'm yeah. triple <laughs> triple crossing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, as far as I can tell, it's more of just like an underground sort of movement, but um, people are proud of it. So I wanted to honor that in my post. But anyways, um, these are areas that I've been to many times before when I was younger. Um, my friend has a summer house up there and we'd go like junior high, um, a lot. And these are some of the roads, like I first ever got to like drive, uh, fast, you know, in Santa Cruz we could a little bit, but once you get up there, it's, you're out there, man. Yeah. A lot of cricks, a lot of crick crossings and stuff like that. But, um, it was really awesome. It was beautiful weather and we explored some areas I'd never been. And these are also places that I've wanted to do rallies in, but, there is literally no infrastructure for the things we want to do. <laughs> we could mm. we could take maybe 10 cars, maybe, but you'd get to a place for lunch and there you just couldn't do it. So um, there's like little inns and bed and breakfasts. There's no big hotels. There's ways to go through these areas, but to stay there or to eat there is very difficult. Yeah. So it's ca- camping while awesome approach, right? Like you almost camping while awesome approach or yeah. like the, just, you know, go with a small group of friends and do it mm-hmm. like that. But to do our, what we like to do with, you know, our summer camp vibes and a hundred people, almost impossible. So maybe someday we'll figure out a way to loop through these areas and, uh, check them out. But, um, yeah, it's hard to get to and that's good because it makes it special and it's awesome up there. So anyways, that was that. Um went through Lassen and then Dutch Brothers Coffee as Lane well knows. Um and then back back home. So that was a good good trip. Lexus is great and uh I I love it up there. So hopefully I'll get back up there more often. And we were talking about doing a rally uh near those areas like starting way north, but I don't know. It might be too extreme for these people that, you know, have to drive super far to start a rally. So we'll see. I'd like to maybe talk about getting people coming from Portland or something on one of these rallies too. So there's options, but that's kind of what's going on. Jeez, why don't so you move that. over there already? <laughs> what's that? <laughs> Jeez, why don't you move over there already? <laughs> I might. State of Jefferson. Oh, man. Do they, would they consider us Yankees or what do they call us? I don't know. I think Flatlanders. Oh, Flatlanders. <laughs> Wait, we're not Flatlanders. Well, va- maybe there's valleys, you know, like the Rogets of the world or whatever, but <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. They would still consider us flat. And you're like, no, I swear we live in a, like we have a lot of hills and mountains. We're like, fuck <laughs> it's like, you. No, no, no. You don't get it. You, you have snowy it. peaks. Yeah. No, you don't. Shut up. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Do you own an axe? That's what I thought. Yeah, yeah. I do. I do. I oh, have an okay. axe too, but it's not a it's not a wooden like axe that has been handed down for generations. You, could you imagine the axe art has? It's like oh, the it's probably like has a ever. digital uh, level in it. it yeah, dude. It's like when I asked Brad if I he had a hammer at uh, Radwood in San Francisco, NorCal, and he he gives me a you know to put stakes in the ground. And he hands me a ball peen hammer. What and the I'm hell? Like, cool, dude. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
You never know. You never. I know. don't know what. Yeah, um, I don't know what brand. Like, are we doing finish work yeah. around here, or what are we doing? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, anyways, uh, that brings us to current day, which is all blue around here. Yeah, all blue. blue. I was world. a little disappointed that uh, when I posted a picture of the interior and did not write a caption, I just tagged Eiffel sixty five. They did not like or comment. I expected them to like or comment. You know, uh, we're not on their radar. <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> but it's perfect because it was the blue Corvette in the song. Remember? Yeah. Right. Lane used to blast right. that song all the time. I'm gonna let uh-huh. uh, Art, or if Lane wants to take the lead here, because I think you have more stats and technical info to to educate the folks on what we have. Educate. Um, yeah, I, I can start if you want. I mean, we could go in chronological order. I, I got it first, and then it went to Warren, and then uh, Lane. What is this thing you had? So 2021 Corvette C8 in rapid blue. Uh, and it has the 3LT package, which is the luxury package. It gives you um, leather-wrapped everything in the interior. You have the really sweet um, Apple CarPlay that's wireless and also has the wireless charger between the seats. Did you guys use that? Dude, I, I didn't use it, but that is cool. It's, it's so like good. The, yeah, cause although it, it's hard to get to. but yeah, Well, once cool. your phone's there, it's there, right? That's the idea. Yeah. It, but um, it's between the seats, and it has a pocket that has like um, kind of a grippy surface, right? So it actually holds the phone really tight in there. Well, it's kind of like the Kia had the same style thing, yeah. but it was in the center console. Exactly. And that's such a good way of doing it. Totally, yeah. And um, so it has that, obviously, wirelessly charging and Apple CarPlay, which is great because, you know, that if you get, I think, I don't remember if the 2LT package has that. It might, but it doesn't get the leather wrap stuff and, and the carbon fiber trim and like all the fancy stuff. Um, but they, one thing that's unique now is that they did make the, as some of the Z51 options standalone, like the, uh, namely the Magride. So the Magride suspension was actually part of the Z51 package, which is the performance pack that has the bigger brakes and an E-diff, which I don't know why you want the E-diff. I guess it's more intelligent, but hmm. this one had the mechanical or has the mechanical limited slip, which is great. Like I'm stoked on that. You know, we know what those are like and how those behave. So that's fine with me. Um, and brakes are adequate for like the type of driving we do. Um, but uh yeah i mean really fun car uh, i think overall we, we we're gonna go down the list of like kind of different areas uh as we review yeah. it here so we'll start off with kind of our impressions of the interior and go to the exterior sound of the engine itself drivetrain and then we'll talk about the handling and everything and end with the sense of occasion sort of um, I, I don't, I'm not going to call it a score, but, you know, kind of like our evaluation of that and where it kind of fits for a modern car. Um, but, uh, the interior I, I felt was for me, I, I, I knew the visibility was going to be an issue for lane right away. Like when I sat in it, cause I, how close my head was to the ceiling <laughs> to the roof. Yeah. And like, uh, I figured I pictured that image of you, uh, the, the picture that you sent of the Evora where you're like sitting upright yeah. and you, you're looking right at the top of the windshield. Um, mm-hmm. I hope it wasn't that bad for you, but, um, I think the, the, the main thing I, I did want to note was that I was impressed with the interior fit and finish compared to the early cars that I saw. I thought they really stepped up their game. Um, obviously, this is a press car, so it's like very bright blue in certain places. It's navy blue with blue stitching, and it's got brushed aluminum. And it's they're trying to show you what's customizable, right? Like that's like everything that pops is that's a, a point that could be changed. Um, 
obviously not 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 something that I would want to do with my car. That's not the, the the color combo I would have gone with. But um, I did like the navy blue though. The navy blue was actually navy is rad. Yeah, it looked nice. Yeah, and the navy is really good. I like that a lot. I just wish it was all navy with with the light blue deviated stitching would be fine. Then it would be cool. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's. Um, I agree 100 percent on that. And um, but I think the quality of the leather was really nice. The quality of the stitching was really nice. Uh, and and overall the fit and finish of the interior is really nice. No weird squeaks yeah. or rattles. Uh, I was really impressed with the, oh, so this car, the 3LT, does have the bigger navigation, and, and the screen actually feels really nice. It feels very solid. You know, a lot of times they feel, like, flimsy or kind of cheap, and it was very responsive. Yeah. I mean, I really like the screen. Uh, it's very easy to access and to get to. What did you guys think of the, the, the waterfall center button thing <laughs> for the climate better control? better in person. Um, I, yeah, I don't, I don't know if the... You know, I don't mind the buttons because I didn't really use them. You don't really need to use anything that much. You just use the climate control, and that's on the top for you and the bottom for your passenger. Right. Um, the the, I think the problem I have is I don't understand why it needs a big center console. Like, I oh like a pilot. Like, like, why do we even need a center console at all? Like, really, can't we just have I something mean, that's really what cars small? Are getting- they're getting away from that, right? So you're, that's a good point. Yeah, I want like a Ferrari four five eight where it's like nothing. Yeah. I want a more open cabin. I want a nine fourteen. It doesn't have a drive shaft. It doesn't need a center console. Right, right. Like I just don't understand why it has to be a claustrophobic interior. I think it's that know? cockpit feel. They're, that's they're, what they're, they're lending to that jet. The whole thing. Jet. I know, but you're like adding all this crap to for this cockpit I know, I know. feel it's like yeah i think, I think that, we agree that's it that's it minimalism 100 yeah. i think it's because they're going for that jet fighter kind of vibe right and like even like the way that you activate the drive and parking modes and all that like it's like this little lever that you pull up it's like very airplane kind of esque yeah. i feel like right um but that's a good point yeah i think in theory it doesn't need any of that but i think it's it's going for that cockpit vibe do you feel is it is it claustrophobic for you or how do you feel i did feel a little you know what it was also like getting in and driving it it's like i don't know i just kind of want that room to breathe and then it was it was weird getting out of it and then moving the like going over driving it and then moving the 944 i'm like oh my god this feels so freeing and so like big and airy you know and um but that's like a more i mean i got that's a problem they could fix another issue is the high sill it's like i couldn't do like arm on the windowsill driving which sucked yeah, but I guess yeah, mid-engine modern car, right? Like a lot of that is it's all the, yeah. it's the same for all of them, right? right? But they could have lower they you could, aesthetically it might be weird, right? So mm-hmm. that's all I understand. It's just a mid it's more of a mid-engine thing than a or yeah. it's just it's modern car design as opposed to like a Corvette problem, right? Right. Or you can put a notch on it like the i3, so you can put your arm there. No. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's just because uh, I I, ro- I rolled in it top down the whole time. Oh yeah, I was um, gonna ask you about that. Yeah, so you didn't remove it. Yeah, and which is super cool. Yeah. Um, but I've never felt so not top down with the top down because the the door sills are so high, mm-hmm. and like I said earlier, you don't actually sit that low in the car, which is weird. That the yeah. door sills are still that high, you know. How was it? How is it uh, rattles and squeaks wise? Like, does it does it feel like dude, torsionally rigid with with the super solid with the dude, with the top not, off? Oh, nice. Yeah, that's good. It's so not. That's what I I think I don't have a lot of Corvette problems with this car, dude. Yeah, like, you know, it's like I mean, there's obviously we'll get to the, some exterior kind of details and stuff like that that are kind of lacking, you know, kind of very American style stuff. But uh, yeah, for the most part, it's like it's no squeaks and rattles um fit and finish is pretty good uh it just doesn't it 
it, yeah, it doesn't have those like the ride is amazing. It's like, yeah, it just doesn't. Yeah. The the Corvette problems aren't as aren't as apparent, and the interior is really nice. You know, if it like the all the I mean, and we did have the highest package, the highest you know trim, the most yeah. expensive one. Yeah. But uh, all the leathers, like you said, is really nice. Uh, switch gear is really nice. Switch um, gear is good. I love the uh, the volume control on the nav screen. It's really uh, yeah, it's, it's like nice. metal, yeah. gnarled metal. It's yeah. really nice feeling. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, so, I agree. Um, Unless yeah, Warren has some other um, feedback on the interior. I'm, the only oh, go ahead. The only interior feedback I have is the steering wheel. Oh yeah, and, dude, we missed the fucking steering uh, wheel. How'd you guys feel about the square steering wheel? I don't, I don't get it <laughs> at all. So I, I think that's the first thing I would want to change if there was an option for that. Yeah. And yeah. the fit, uh, the so this is a problem with American cars. Even driving like a Charger, high end Charger interior, the the stitching and the fit and finish of the steering wheel is always yeah. kind of clumsy. And is this was so much so that at the back of where your, your hands grip by the paddles, there was a plastic filler piece. And on the left side, it was slightly off and sharp. Mm-hmm. And the right side, it wasn't. And the stitching was very uh, obtuse. And yeah. just like, it just was like not as you take a Porsche steering wheel. If you put a fucking like GT4 steering wheel in that car, yeah. it would have been amazing. <laughs> like that's, yeah. that was my only gripe. I can mm-hmm. live with everything else. Even the fact that like, the parking switch is all the way down by your left knee, but park is a button on the center console. Like, shouldn't those be kind of near each other? You mean the e-brake? I know. Uh, yeah, the e-brake. Yeah. But oh, but the e-brake, so, doesn't it just engage when you put it in park no, anyways? It does not. Oh. Yeah, so you have a separate button. Anyways, these are little gripes, and I love the switch gear. I don't mind the waterfall thing. I think you'd get used to that. Um, I wouldn't pick it out, but that steering wheel is the only thing. Square steering wheel, like... Come on, we're parking in you know yeah, parking yeah, yeah. lots. We, you're using the car, right? Yeah. <laughs> like it's the it's I don't the know. Same I think thing. it's a gimmick. It's, the, it's part of the whole cockpit fighter thing, right? It's like this, I know. And, and it's weird. Yeah, I I really don't like it, especially like because you are gonna go hand over hand no matter what, and then you grab like a weird like a corner and like it's just it's very it slides un- through your hand. It's this bumpy <laughs> it's thing. So weird. <laughs> Stitching's really big. Yeah, I like the I like the paddles. Were really high quality feeling. Um, there was a there's two buttons that were controlled the uh, volume. I think kind of underneath and those are cheap plastic which is kind of a weird choice but anyways if you could just select like non-square steering wheel please like yeah. that's my yeah. only yeah. gripe so the getting like scabbing onto that a little bit i was pretty i was very impressed with the interior for like an american for an american product and for a corvette because it was really we've nice. all been in corvettes before and we've been in a lot of american cars and they kind of you know they lack in a lot of areas uh, I was really impressed with the seats because Corvette seats typically are awful. Mm. And these seats were really nice. And actually the leather is just like that really smooth grain leather and it doesn't feel cheap, which a lot of cars, you know, Corvettes of the past have felt. Um, and it had ventilated seats, which I used and they worked very well. And the carbon inserts were actually pretty nice and nicely executed. And um, yeah, everything felt pretty good. I didn't, there was a few little things that... Uh, that I would say bothered me like that. There's a little like an MMI thing and there's like a little MMI cover and I, the single D the single deviated stitching, it's like a dark blue over a light blue leather. And that, that stitching looks so cheap to me. It's just like really, um, the gauge is, it's just a really thick thread and it feels cheap because of that. Um, and then also the way the leather fits around that little nub is really poor in the back. Like you could see all the like creases where they had to fold it over. Um, it wouldn't pass 
on any European car. And then also, like you said, with the steering wheel, Warren, there's a little lumpiness and stuff. And, you know, I, I, I sold steering wheels for a long time, like customized steering wheels and that like wouldn't pass in my inspection basically. Mm. Um, and, but I do like that they are using the, um, like a thinner thread and, and, um, I forget what that thread pattern is called, but but it's a, more of a European thread pattern. Where back in the day, there would be do like a baseball stitching, and mm-hmm. it was like thick and kind of cheap looking. Yeah. We know where yeah. it makes the it all lumpy, the leather right there. Right. Uh, so they and for the most part, you know, there's obviously some things that it has a base price of what sixty two thousand bucks or something. So. But I think mo- for that. everything's I mean, pretty acceptable. Yeah, I think for, that's what we need to that. keep in mind is that it is such a step up and it's so impressive for what yeah. it is yeah. that it's hard to, these are like super minor gripes. Yeah. And, uh, but there are details that matter yeah. to the same, the, the maybe, you know, like a Croc GT4 was sitting in it and he was checking it out, right? So the, someone who's potentially buying a Cayman maybe, you know, there's, they could cross shop something like sure. this. So like th- those little details matter to people that are buying into these other cars, right? So it's important to make note of that. Um, I, I agree with you guys. I think that the, um, in terms of the value thing too, it's obviously, and I think we'll get to that. It's like, it's so much car for the money. Right. Um, but yeah. like moving on to the exterior, like I was, Oh wait, oh, headliner, to, super sick. Oh dude, the Alcantara, right? Really nice. Yeah. With the deviated, sti- the stitching, it was super, it has like a design Yeah, and it looks very high end. It's dude. in the, it uh, very in the good. panel, right? The removable panel. Yeah. Yeah. I did yeah, see yeah. that. We should have, you should take a good picture of that. I didn't get a picture. Yeah, I will. Um, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Alcantara. I, I don't know if that's part of the three LT that might be. And, you guys, you guys mentioned the ventilated and heated seats. I'm pretty sure that's also part of the 3LT package. Um, but, uh, but yeah, um, on the exterior, like overall, I actually saw better fit and finish overall compared to the early cars that I saw. But that rear hatch is still funky as hell. I don't know if you yeah, guys noticed. Um, and, and especially the rear, the, the corners, right? At the very ba- it's back. It's all these lines. You have a, yeah, to have a corner on the, to have. I don't know, on the top surface and then it meets up with another corner and it just looks a little, yeah. yeah. How do you guys feel overall design wise? Like, is it, is it, um, are you guys like cool with it? Do you, do you, do you like it? <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Uh, I like it. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, uh, it needs, I was telling people this, uh, by the way, this car like had more interest on the road than anything I've driven, which was weird. But, uh, People always were asking, like, oh, what do you think? And how do you like it? And uh, I think the next generation, even if it's just a facelift, will be better, will be nicer than this. Yes. Does that make sense? Like, I look yeah, at this yeah. design and I go, I think the next one will be much cleaner and, and a little smoother. But they're just going for that stealth fighter look so much. Yeah, it, everywhere. It's a little too much. Yeah. Yeah, but it definitely. That front on view is killer. the The head on view is is rad. I like, like yeah, they nailed front it. Front end three quarter, front end three quarter profile is is where it starts to fall it's apart for me. And then looking. rear three quarter is like we're in trouble here. Like that that exactly. rear I think we're is all just in agreement. It's just so tacked yeah. on looking, right? It's like very like we have a Camaro rear end. We have to make this work here. Slap this on, like um. And you know, people people are saying in the industry that it's because they had to make golf bags fit. Um, that was actually mentioned when we went to the the. The initial, um, uh, not the debut, but that that it wasn't even a release, but it was the local dealership got one, and we went we went to that thing, and uh, and even they were talking about it, and like basically, but it's just the design of it, not the an size. Excuse yeah. for design, you can't right. excuse design. Like that's not real, dude. That's just the fake. size that's is just... one thing, but to the the details, like that's the difference yeah. between a, a 
you know, Porsche really, and or Ferrari, and you look at the really close up details of all the taillights blend in and the little accents and stuff. It's just a little heavy handed. For me, the and biggest yeah. issue yeah, is yeah, the even the taillight right. design. It, well, yeah. The, yeah. The 3D-ness of the taillights, yeah. like <laughs> what, they don't have to be all crazy like that. Yeah. Right. It's it's definitely out there and uh, and I I have the big the biggest issue I have with it it's like it's so chunky and the, like it doesn't flow with the rest yeah. of the car right so it it almost nope. like extends the rear too long and you can see that in the rear three quarter and especially a profile shot where it's like it should be a little more tapered in and canted forward to match with like the whole yep. like to make it a more cohesive vibe right and right. Um, and I was you know Lane and I were standing there and and like he's like yeah dude like they could have done that like because you 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 do have some room around the corners and the edges to where you could still fit shit in the trunk oh, of but, course um I don't know wh- why yeah it's it's I don't know if like but maybe it's part of that but, whole wide wing stealth fighter look I don't know um, so another reason that's a poor excuse for the styling is because Corvette is. I mean, not always, but since the C4, I would say, they kind of lose it at the rear end. They just kind of, they kind of like, eh, we're good. Like we, we got yeah. the, we got the front three quarter, like, well, let's just like phone it in kind of in the rear. Mm. And, and they're, the- they're always kind of big rear ends and blocky and, you know, don't have a much style where this is overly styled in the rear, mm-hmm. um, which is good because there's, you know, that was the big thing with like C6, C5. They were so boring right. in the rear, so much like right. empty space. Mm-hmm. Remember yeah. Clarkson like pushing the panel in <laughs> and stuff. Uh, yeah. But you know what? I was looking at it today and um, you know how the front, so the front fender, it goes way in and then you have this crease on the top of the, um, yeah. of the top of the fender, which is nice. The rear has this crease, but it's like squares off that rear end and it doesn't mm-hmm. match the front. Yep. All they had to do is the crease starts on the door and it, actually the front, it could almost like fade away at the rear and they could have really like rounded off those corners and, and brought it down a little bit. And I don't think it would in, I don't think it would impede the trunk at all, but it would just make that rear end tighter and match the front more. And this is kind of what I'm hoping for the second, mm-hmm. you know, the facelift or even you well, know, Z06, C9. right? That would be rad if like they comp- like, get rid of the fucking rear trunk, right? Like it's the sporty one. So like, yeah, totally. Like, and, and, uh, Hard like part with that is that's like, these are major body panels, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's tooling. Yeah. It's all that. Right. So it's a big yeah. deal. I know. But like, I would be willing to make that compromise. For, just melt some yeah. crayons, Lane. Yeah. I know. I, I kind of want to see Lane's version. Can you CAD that you up? You have to whatever? move taillights and stuff, <laughs> yeah. which is... No, I know, I know. And there's probably a lot of things where, like, the taillights have to be so far apart and so so high off the ground. And, um, you know, there's a lot there of There always weird... is that stuff. But look at a 911, yeah. right? So your taillight... Like, and the taillights are too high on 911s compared to old ones. They look silly. Mm. Um, but they're not this high. So they mm-hmm. have room. They could have put the tail... You know, yeah. there's, like... There's stuff they could have done, and yeah, there's compromises in design and engineering, and that's always a, a you know, there's always a fight between those two rooms. But um, it's just, it's not the most cohesive design. Um, that being said, I don't think it's horrible, but I, like most Corvettes of the past and a lot of American cars, I feel like the details um, kind of like a lot of the little details kind of ruin it for me. Um, yeah, but like, so this thing has black metallic paint on every panel that isn't blue body color, basically. And this, like the side blades on the side are plastic and they're painted, uh, black metallic. 
and the black metallic finish just looks cheap like straight up and it's and on the front of the car it has a bunch of it all the vents are painted black metallic and it just looks cheap there it's super orange peely it's just not good and i think you know if you look at the german cars they're not even using a they're using like a straight just up plastic, plastic injected yeah. just a fin a plastic matte finish straight up plastic it would look so much better with that on this car and it would go from you know the shininess of the paint to having a, a satin matte finish yeah it'd be so much better and it's kind of like um a lot of it's kind of like just be what you are you know if you're going to be plastic just be plastic then but be like the nicest plastic you can be you know don't be formica with a wood pattern right or don't be fake carbon be the best plastic yeah, and, yeah. Uh, I wonder if a lot, and, and I agree, dude. I think that's a big one. And uh, and I was talking to Croc about it, and he's like, dude, I, I would try to get this stuff like at, at the bare minimum, try to get it body colored to try to like blend it and hide it a little bit. But I don't. Yeah. I think it works with some places. I think it especially works in the front lip because, like, if you look at the front end, it just goes into these like it's like, like a, it looks like a praying mantis with these little fangs, and then the black yeah. lip disappears. And it's like, dude, just make that body color. I think that would look better. You and it it looks less kind of cheap like as you're describing um yeah yeah i wonder how much of that is customizable like in terms of just doing it plastic versus painted and all that i mean i think you could do it all but i don't think they offer it and then also another big shortcoming is this wheel design oh dude there's like, no no good wheels there's no good wheels and like all i want is like the simplest wheel you can offer because this this is an outrageous looking car like we don't need a crazy looking wheel that looks like it's from forgy auto but made it by pep boys like that's not something yeah. we need, you know, and that's what this car has. And how much better would it look with a simple five spoke like HRE or a, or an HRE mesh wheel? Yeah. And it doesn't have to be more expensive. It's just like a good design. Yeah. And that, yeah, that at least be, that's the game yeah, changer. At least that's, that's easily rectifiable, right? Maybe these are like, like takeoffs essentially, you know, like they just, they, but they have so many designs though. And they're all gnarly. Yeah, but, yeah. They're all ridiculous like this. Like, um, like yeah. It's, yeah, it's wild. Give me a I'm good glad simple one, wheel. Yeah, I'm glad this one didn't have the wing. I think the wing looks yeah, yeah silly. no wing, and also yeah, um, the, the I think the wheel design itself is questionable. But I like silver on that color. I think like yep. if it was a cooler design wheel, silver yeah. simple, like it works, right? You don't need again because yep. it's super flashy, and then you got all that going for it. Like I mean, there's no need to go crazy with the wheels. I agree. What uh, did you guys think about the color of the car? I like the exterior. I, didn't mind it. I don't like the interior color though. As I said, uh, navy blue is yeah, cool, but, too the, much, but the bright blue I'm not it. down with. It's it's very DWA blue, right? I, I yeah, will say is. I would never get it because of the amount of attention. It's too flashy, but I like garners. it. I agree. Yeah, yeah. It's too flashy yeah. for this area, especially where we live in Santa Cruz. It's just like it is so stands out. Yeah. But um, yeah. I think it was kind of cool. Uh, it photographs well. Yeah, I think it's cool, but I would never choose it. And I would much prefer like, especially with how busy the car is, mm -hmm. I would much yeah. prefer like a dark gray car with a yeah. black with yeah. this blue interior would be rad on a dark gray car just the dark blue interior yeah right. all dark blue right. with a deviated blue stitching you know maybe some blue brake calipers or something i don't mm -hmm. know it's like something but the way it it's a little too flashy for what it is too i feel yeah this i mean we can get i mean kind of turn into the experience we had driving it but um i was telling lane this that it just got so much attention and not from car people, which you expect if you drive an exotic car, people are just drawn to it. But it was also Corvette people. 
And mm. there's a lot of them. Yeah. And they know that this is the new thing and it oh, might yeah. be the first one they've seen. Yeah. And so every single place I stopped, I had two or three people walking up to me mm. and asking me about <laughs> the car. And I mean, ladies who are not car people, I could just tell that they were just drawn to this thing and wanted to ask all the questions that you know mm-hmm. very well. Um, and uh, it was very interesting. And then I'm getting people yelling as I'm driving by a racia <laughs> or revving their engines at a stop sign, like slightly behind me. Vroom, yep. vroom. It's like, I don't even know what to do, do to that. You like were, I'm supposed to put a neutral. Yep. I'm supposed to put a neutral and rev up yep, my, rev that's the, the way it works. I know. Anyways, it was, it was wild and I could not, uh, I would be very over that super quick. So yeah. if you want a lot of attention, especially as these cars are new to the market, buy a C8 because you will get all the questions. That's what it's kind of about, right? Like that's what they're going because it's got the exotic looks and all that. Like it's, it's like, is it a Ferrari? Is it a Lamborghini? Right. And like it, it's, it's, and then it's, they know it's, bla- it's flashy. It's new, sure. Yeah. It's the newest, latest, greatest. So you get every guy that's into Mustangs and Corvettes that wants to know all about it. Mm-hmm. And then you also get all the guys that are into Ferraris and McLarens and the kids that, you know, have seen it in magazines. It's like every person that's into cars at all yeah. uh, is interested. Like when Lane came and picked it up, my neighbor who is oh like, my God the most non-car person I know, walked over, asked if I was having a midlife crisis, <laughs> uh, proceeded to uh, act, like get a photo taken of her next to it so she could send to someone and brag about it. Again, these are like not car people. Right. It's just the experience. Yeah, for sure. And I think, yeah, I mean, but so I think, yeah, this is a good a good way to like transition to the to, to the driving impressions and the re- that go, everything that goes along with that. And yeah, I think there is that side of it, but they, it really kind of, it lives up to that, you know, to the, to, to the, to the, to the looks. Cause it does drive extremely well. I, I found that, you know, Lane touched on the ride quality. Everyone raves about the ride quality. Um, I, you know, and of course everything's customizable, you know, you can mess with like the brake sensitivity, you can mess with the throttle uh, engine response and, and all that shit. But I put the suspension in full soft, like in all the roads that we drive and like, it's so compliant. It's very comfortable around town. Like, and they did something really good um, design-wise on the front end. I don't know if you noticed, the very, very extreme tip of the nose is higher than where the wheel well starts. So it's tapered at an angle. So you have really good approach angle, even though it does have nose lift, which is helpful. Like you don't necessarily need it as much as you'd think, you know? Like it feels like, oh shit, the nose is so pointy out there. But if you look at the design, it's actually higher up there. So you can approach like curbs pretty easily and, and go over them. Um, so the drivability is, is, is great in that sense where, you know, you got the ride quality, you're not sacrificing a lot. Right. And it's, you know, in, in, in such a sporty car, call it even a supercar if you want. Um, like you, you have that going for it. Um, dynamically, I found the handling extremely nice. I mean, it's so well balanced. Um, and there's something, I mean, it's very mid engine, right? It drives, you know, like, like a traditional mid engine car where it's, 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 it's rotates around, pivots around the center real nice. And it's, it's, um, it's a very very eager to rotate when he wanted to. Um, but it's on these all season Michelin P four something Z's that only that are specific for this car. It's like a Z rated, mm. Z rated all season. Um, Z 51 gets you the PS four S's, but I actually felt that these were actually a really good tire for the car to help sort of limit the limit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Kind yeah, of, yeah, because, yeah. Cause it's so high. So like you can easily just, you know, you're at ridiculous speeds very quickly. And so, it, yes, at the extreme limit, it'll start to understeer a little bit if you don't transfer weight onto it, you know, and stuff like that. But it's it's because of the tires, and I feel like that's okay, right? Like, because 
it has so much power. It's 495 horsepower, I think 480 foot-pounds of torque, something like that, uh, with this sport exhaust. Uh, and it gives you about five more horsepower. I don't know if it bumps the torque. But... Um, <clears throat> I think it's fine as is, you know, like, um, I would, I, I agree on the, on the wheel change, but you almost don't necessarily want more grip because the chassis is so good already that you have a lot of, a shit ton of traction in the rear. Um, you know, so, and grip all around. So I don't know. I was, I was kind of happy with the package as is. Um, yeah, I, I think I was too, but I still always prefer, I feel like PS4S is, do such a good job at everything that it's like it would be dumb to like spec it with these tires you're like why compromise yeah, spec it with these tires and then you would just swap the wheels and tires <laughs> you know yeah it's kind of like why compromise and they're so good at the limit where these might get hot and stuff when you're actually pushing it and stuff i mean they they drove great and it like i mean dude the push if this thing has any push it's so high up there when when you get there like yeah. it's like it's so easy to, like you said, it rotates so well. And, um, and I had it in full soft as well. And I was on one of our like notoriously narrowest and bumpiest roads on the loop. Mm -hmm. You guys know the loop yeah. from like the Wrigley building from our office. Yep. And, uh, this thing is incredible on it. It made, I mean, this is a road where like the Lancia Delta, Delta Integrale were like, is this really a rally car? Like, how is this thing going to hold? How would, how would this thing ever hold up? Um, but this car was so buttery smooth over all the imperfections. Mm -hmm. Dude, it's so good. And then front nose lift game changer in a car like this. Like I, I used it so much going in and out of driveways. It works really fast. And it's really nice. And it's, um, it's got a memory too on it too. So GPS um, memory. Oh, that's so you awesome. can save it um, if you Whoa. want. And that way it'll that's lift cool. every time you go by that curb or driveway. Yeah. It's, uh, but yeah, the ride was amazing. And steering's, I think that's the biggest thing. It's like a new, it's not a Corvette issue. It's a new car issue, but this filter is no feel, mm -hmm. no feel at all. Like you're, you're just kind of like steering the car. Yeah, um, that definitely classic video gaminess, right? That you get with a modern yeah. car. Um, yeah, I agree with all those points. Um, I I actually, you know, I think overall, um, if we go down to, oh, actually, do we miss engine? Yeah, we missed engine. What do you guys think about the the uh, the sound the engine makes? Because the, obviously the whole the whole thing with this is that they're coming out with the flat plane crank with the Z06, right? So like, I want to hear what you uh, think about the engine because I have some I think strong opinions. So so my my thing is that I don't necessarily care for how the engine sounds. Like I think it's kind of whatever. Um, but mm -hmm. I do like the power delivery throughout. It's so meaty everywhere, and like you can use higher gear with and carry so much speed with the torque that that's entertaining. I also like that the power is immediately on tap for passing and getting around and strafing around traffic and shit like that, which is kind of fun. Um, but I'm also really impressed how quickly it revs for being a push rod engine. I think the throttle response is great and it revs very fast, uh, which is pretty impressive. Um, but I feel like it doesn't match the character of the car. Yep. Like it's like yep. you have this muscly engine in there and it's like this, mid-engine supercar kind of thing and it's like what it doesn't you know it doesn't it's it's a weird disconnect right where you want yep. that high revving shrill in a car like that and and to, to, to drive to be able to rev it out and do that with um so i feel like that is the biggest limitation overall like outside of that i mean and, it, and not that it's a bad engine like i think it's it's got its merits as i just mentioned but um i think that yeah the z06 would solve that problem yeah i don't and like like i think scabbing onto that it's like 
it's not a bad engine. It's a great engine. It's an amazing. These are amazing engines. Yeah. I but like, I've kind of experienced with most LSs. I don't think they're and like you kind of explained with how good it is. It has zero character, dude. It it like it's almost like an electric car. It has power everywhere all the time. It doesn't have a change in character ever. It just revs and it revs fast and it makes power and it's even. But there's no like. Build up, there right? isn't like yeah. there's no coming on cam high. It also only redlines at 6500, and mm. it's like you, you kind of want it to scream, you know. And and yeah. it 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 has this like meatiness, and I almost I want a little less meatiness. I want to have to like downshift it. Um, and you know, it has so much at 2000 RPM. It has so much acceleration. It's crazy, mm. but in a way, I want it. I want to have to downshift it and be at four and, and mm. go to, go to eight, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I think, so, yeah, we'll get to the, the whole sensification kind of review, but I think that's yeah. a big part of it, right? Is like, you want to build up, right? And like the build up yeah. isn't there. And I, 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 I took a video on page mill, which is a, you know, a very twisty, you know, bumpy road, fast, fast bumpy road. And that was kind of a test for me, right. For this car. And I took a video and it looks so boring because like, even, no, regardless yeah. of the pace, <laughs> but it's part of, part of it has to do with the engine, right? Like obviously if you drive smooth on a fast road, it looks boring. You have to be doing ridiculous shit to look cool. Like, you know, sliding around and everything, but, um, the engine is part of it. Like, it's just like, brah, brah, yeah. and, and you're just blasting. Right. And like, you don't get that buildup or that scream, um, which, which, uh, adds, or lacks excitement in that way, right? It's yeah. Go drive yeah. like an old Gallardo or something. Those things are so that the engine's so fun just because it, you know, it's the opposite of this kind of mm. uh, a high revving and shrieks and gets like gets cra- has a totally different tone when it's above a certain RPM. Mm-hmm. This is just such an even keel. It's like too good in a way, right? It's like it's like an electric power plant, it, and then. Um, I think the for sound wise, dude, it sounds fine. It's like a it's a V eight. It sounds good, but at low speed, it sounds really bad. I think. It, yeah, it doesn't sound like anything really. It's pretty it's well, muffled. but you hear the clatter of the engine. You just hear like clatter. Did you guys kinda, hear that squeaky pulley or belt? Yes, that was. I knew that wasn't normal, but I was like, "That's yeah. there's something going on here with this belt or pulley." Like, and it's right behind your head, and it's like, beep, beep, beep. I'm like, right. ah, that that was kind of annoying. Yeah, I don't know what that was. I heard it too. Yeah. What do you think, Wham? Yeah, I mean, I, I I agree with everything you guys are saying. I thought the exhaust note was just a bit muffled, and that kind of comes from these booming, you know, V8 uh, power plants. That's pretty common, right? But. I agree. I would love it to shriek and have something there. Maybe that's just an exhaust change away that every C8 owner is going to do, right? Well, but I mean, it's just the way that it delivers power. I think and it's like, the character it's that, of the engine. It's also the lower. I think it yeah, is too. Yeah, it's a low, low RPM, yeah, right? Yeah, because you, you're there, RPM. and you're there quickly too. Like you're because it totally, revs, and you yeah. don't. It has so much power down low that you hardly really require it to yeah. be over five thousand. Yeah, I mean, exactly. It, it, very rarely was I going into that like past the yellow on the the attack and it has so much power that you're not requiring that shrieky right you can short shift stuff. it for sure yeah and you're you're still exactly. moving very very quickly i mean well, Dude, very you can short shift the hell out of it um one thing also did you guys like notice that it's basically worthless if you're not in sport 
Or if you're not in, you know, the I, Z setting the Z? with all the... I, I, mean, I, was, I, was, using, <laughs> I was using it like when traffic, I would turn off the Z and it, just to see how it did. And it was like super compliant. Was it the throttle response was super weak or what was that lane? So no. my, it dude, the transmission tuning, the transmission oh, it's tuning just goes gear. to nothing, dude. It's like on the highway, I took it up north on the, on the coast a little bit. On the highway at 65 miles an hour in non-sport, floor it. It doesn't downshift. It just kind of goes. Oh, funny. And you're like, if you drove it in that, if you didn't know about the, the Z button or all the mo, you'd be like, this car's not fast. It's just, <laughs> yeah, that's funny. It's like, all right. Total cruising. It, yeah. No matter what I did, it didn't have a kick down. Hmm. So there's huh. no kick down with full throttle. Hmm. And it was so... like Weird. I didn't have that problem. Mine was pretty good because yeah. I got stuck in a bunch of traffic on our on our test loop. And uh-huh. I just put, took, it, took it off to see how it would do. And it was pretty responsive. I mean, I don't remember like a huge kick down, but it was uh, definitely drivable where you would, you know, it was fine. Mm. Yeah. I mean, no, yeah. this is fine, mm. but it's like it turns it into a GTI, not yeah. not what it is, right? Right, right. I think that's kind of the Corvette thing is that you can get relaxed mode. 25 miles yeah. per gallon and yeah. cruise at really low RPM and still have a little bit of power. But um, I, I said, yeah, 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 I said, I turned it off on 280 for like maybe 10 miles. Uh, and I didn't, yeah. Yeah, I was like, whatever. I mean, I didn't, wasn't doing anything besides cruising because I wanted to just kind of see what the steering feels like and all that and the brakes. Yeah. And, um, but I didn't, yeah, I didn't try to kick it down. But that's, that's an interesting point. Yeah. I think it, it is total cruiser mode, but it's a, it's a good, good point, right? Like maybe sport is better for most situations <laughs> than that. But all yeah. you Unless need you... is a kick down at the end of the pedal, like most cars have. Right. And that would and be in there. That, at least to give you a downshift. It's, it's just weird that it has like almost like nothing. Because it's hmm. just leaving it in whatever eighth, gear eighth, it eighth, wants to. Be. Uh, no, it was like it was sixth. Okay, but that's probably enough to get uh, you by, right? Like to get you. No, I'm, that's yeah. what I'm saying. But it's like it makes it like a GTI accelerating. Where yeah, that's, this is like a crazy car, yeah. and it's giving you like it's making it feel like a 220 horsepower car. But I mean, you're one button away from having it be crazy. So it's just that that's no, the mode I know. You're but in. if I'm just driving on the highway and I'm just normal, and all of a sudden I need to get around a car, and I'm like, and and it has poke, but it's just weird that it wouldn't have a, you know, a normal car has a kick down. So you sure you sure. know if you're yeah, going that, full that throttle, you obviously want full throttle. Right. Is that is weird. Yeah, I wonder. That, that is must have been an environmental or something. That is very strange. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, that makes sense. Yeah, like you. Should, I mean, it's hardly a complaint. But, but I mean, it's like right. you know, it's just an, an observation of like. Yeah, it's yeah, a good one that I but, yeah I didn't notice. Yeah, I mean, I, that's a good point. I mean, I think yeah, kick down is kick down, as you said, right? You want you're demanding full throttle. Give bring yeah. yeah, give me the speed right now, and then you can go back to your touring chill mode or whatever. But that's so I basically exactly. always drove in in the in the Z yeah. setting, the sport setting. Mm-hmm. And then I tried, I, I messed around with the dampers a little and like full soft is like no reason to ever go out of full soft. Yeah. Unless yeah. you're on like a racetrack or totally. like the smoothest road yeah, ever. Dude, I had it on, I had it on sport on skyline and I was getting thrown around a little bit. Like, and it's yeah. not that bumpy. And then I put it on race no. and it was like, no, like there's no point. Like you have, it's, it's basically, you, you want to be on this, on a smooth racetrack to, to really make full yeah. use of that. Or I guess and it works for some people on Angeles crest or whatever, where they have these, smooth ass like fast swoopy roads or whatever yeah. or swoopy roads but but i think even and the ride is as good as people say i mean it's pretty spectacular great transmission yeah oh yeah the tra- so the tranny I, I didn't i didn't mention so that's a tremic dual clutch um people assume that that was uh, I, I gave uh, someone a ride and they thought it was it was a, a zf8 speed i'm like no it's actually a tremic dual clutch and it's very good i mean yeah. it's really impressive it's 
Um, I had I had no real complaints. I thought it was actually I think it, they did a good job tuning it. I know there were some complaints early on about jerkiness, but like if it's very very smooth, it like shifts fast no, in good. auto mode just to get I you through. Had no and problems. Yeah. Both both in accelerating and decelerating. Um, that was pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, what do you guys think uh, overall? Uh, sense of occasion though for something like this. <laughs> Medium high, high. high. I mean. Yeah, I mean, you know, you get away from the the analogness, of course, of all modern supercars, which this is definitely that. And um, but past that, it's it's a very engaging, um, interesting car that gets a lot of attention. Um, it's it can be a thrill to drive. The limits are super high. I mean, I don't know. I was I was very impressed. I was much nicer and more capable than I was expecting. I will say that. Yeah, I think the. Big takeaway for me is that it's actually a refined driving experience. Where, uh, <laughs> right. Yeah, right. That's been missing, and and it's a refined interior as well. And uh, yeah. I think it's actually a, like a nice, you know, despite my not liking the big center console, it's like it is a nice place to be, and the stereo is really good, and the integration of the, you know, Apple CarPlay and everything is so good. And then, you know, it lacks that steering feel that, most modern cars do so that's kind of like i don't know if that's necessarily a point against for for this because you're comparing against other cars uh i love that the i love that the top comes off dude that's like so nice Mm because it's like a coupe and then it has the the target panel which is such a great thing and i wish like like screw the boxster i wish the cayman had that too you know that would be so cool Mm -hmm. Um, totally so you would go would you go with this versus a, a full convertible Oh yeah, dude. I mean, yeah, for sure. Yeah, because the the, the full and convertible it's folds. Yeah, it folds uh, into the space above the engine, so you still have a trunk. Yeah. Whereas the Targa, you have to. Put, I mean, you don't have to put it in the trunk, but you know, like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, I'm, yeah but you curious, don't see yeah. the engine that. Not like the engine's great looking, but yeah. um, you you also like convertible's heavy. Like, why do I need this? Is perfect, dude. And I don't have to worry about a convertible top mechanism and that's true i don't yeah it's, it's kind of great it's analog you know the it's three three little latches and the top comes off and it fits in the trunk you know it takes up trunk space but um but it's really easy to do yeah uh, and good front it's good, good front by the way i don't know if you guys check good it out front? yeah it's pretty deep yeah. it's like 9 11 style where it's like this yeah wide deep trunk dude it's yeah it's um i think it has a lot of sense of sense of occasion i just kept thinking you know, manual transmission, um, and no, without that huge center console. Um, and, uh, it would be even have more sense of occasion and a higher revving, obvious, yeah. you know, a, a more, I don't know, a fruitier engine, you know, just more of like a rever. I would be, be happy with that. Lot, like that, that would basically seal the deal for me. I'm okay with that, with the transmission. Like I, it's, because the way that I'd want to drive it, I'm so fo- it's so fast and yeah. I'm so focused that like it's it's like and you want to do track shit with it and stuff like that. Like I, this I'd is be the fine. argument for all these right. supercars, right? I'd be right? fine with it. And and I but I think the key is that engine, as, as you're saying. I love that the target top is huge, and I'm so happy you did take it off because I I didn't I, I didn't get a chance to, and I did want to get a either. sense of what, probably in the morning when you drop it off, I'll try to do that because I want to see what it's like. I mean, and you said that. It doesn't change. It doesn't compromise anything, right? Like in terms of dude, it's, um, and it's quiet. The re- like that's the other thing. Yeah, I was going, you know, um, <laughs> fairly fast on the highway. Yeah, and I was Look like, you know, the happened. the wind was hitting my like moving my hair around and stuff, but yeah. it wasn't like uncomfortable, and there wasn't wind buffeting or anything. It was like, it was really Is good because your your Titleist visor or what? 
Um, no, I had to take my hat off because it was going to fly off. Like, my, <laughs> If I was a little shorter, it would be even better because mm, I wouldn't yeah. be like exposed to the air as much, you know? Yeah, I should have done that. I didn't. Yeah, for some reason, I was just not paying attention to the top at all. But yeah, overall, it's a very impressive car. And for the bang for the buck has got to be one of the highest values out there. Yeah, yeah that's a Corvette crazy. thing, right? Yeah. But that's a Corvette thing. But I will go one step further and say that, like, it. I would say this is the first Corvette I've driven where it isn't all about bang for the buck. I think it's just a it's a pretty good car. So. It, yeah, right. absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah. Where C7, it, like, you know, it's, yeah, you had that with the Grand Sport, but it's like, it's, it's, it's shitty in, in many other ways, right? In the, the fit and finish yeah. and the quality and the ride and all that shit, which is sacrificed with those leaf springs and all that. But yeah, mm-hmm. I, I agree hundred percent. That's, it's, that's the thing that really, they hit it out of the park here with is that that package is 80 grand as is with everything. Um, and yeah. like, you know, like it's, it's so much car. It's, it's crazy. Oh yeah. yeah. And by the way, I would definitely recommend going with that package, getting all the leather, all that stuff. Cause like, I feel like you want that out of this car because it does scream exotic and yeah. it's like, you need to live up to that, ex- you know, to that image or mm-hmm. to that, you know, what it's telling people on the outside right. and stuff. And I think it, it actually does the way it's set up. The way we, the one we have right. is set up, right. you know? I agree. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious though, like how much of the Z51 package helps? Like, I mean, cause I think unless you're really tracking it, like those brakes don't really matter. Right. Like, I mean, cause the brakes are like so yeah. adequate, like for the shit So that I we're love doing. the brakes. They were really, they had, yeah. they had a great feel. Yeah. Like when I was like threshold braking and stuff, they just felt really nice. Yeah. Like you can kind of lean on them and, and they felt like you just had so much control of the braking. They weren't, they weren't like just working they weren't it wasn't like an on off switch or anything yeah they just had so yeah. much control yeah and i i loved like hustling this car around on a back road i was surprised um on super tight roads it was still really good mm-hmm. and that's i think that's the kind of like my biggest takeaway really is like that it actually like stood up Dude, to the fact, like the fact you want to hustle this car on back roads it says everything yeah yeah, That's it's it. entertaining enough, right? And it's fun enough to do, right? Where it's like, 100%. yeah, that that uh, it's super. Capable. It's not like where, you know, you can get in another a modern sports car and feel kind of dull, right, or or numb to what's happening. Like you mm-hmm. still get that engagement and fun uh, factor, which is yeah. was cool. And I think we all agreed that the engine would just take it up another level and make it a very complete yeah. package where it's And we're not close. talking power. We're talking just care. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Cause I don't even yeah, take yeah. away a little power. I don't care. I like, know. Dude, they're, yeah, cause That's they're what saying, I'm saying. Hey, I don't, I've heard crazy numbers. I hope it's not 750 as they're saying. Why? <laughs> That's I know. absolutely I absurd. Would yeah. not need more power than this. Yeah, yeah. Unless, it's, um, well, that's one of the things are you were like with the manual transmission, I would literally just want a manual transmission because I know that most of the time I'm going to drive this thing on our back roads and I, dude, it's like so fast, dude, that I want a little more engagement when I'm not driving. Mm. Cause I'm not mm. going to be driving like 10 mm. tenths all the time, you know, so no, no. or even nine tenths or eight tenths. It would just, I think it would give, and this transmission's great, but I think it would just give a little more of that sense of occasion. Right. Mm-hmm. So. Yep. Yep. Agreed. Agreed. Well, I hope we get more cool cars like this or any cars actually, because it's kind of fun <laughs> to do these little reviews. Yeah, I, we, I was like we, thinking yeah. to myself, I'm like, they don't, they're not always these 
you know, supercars that we get, but they're still fun to review. Like we've had fun in Chevy Sonics and, you know, minivans even. So yeah. Oh yeah. yeah there's a, uh, there's one in the works right now. Um, there, well, there's a few options, but, um, I earmarked, uh, the M 440 I for us cause it was available. Um, and yeah. it's, it's a weird one. I mean, it's like right below the M4. Um, so I'm curious to see what yeah. BMW is doing there. Right? Super fast. Yeah, it's really fast. And it's got, yeah, I mean, it's one of these things, right? It's like, is, is it better than the M for most things? I don't know. I mean, who sure, knows? Sure, sure. Cool, cool. Well, um, with that, I think it's trivia time. What do you guys think? Let's do yeah. it. Art, Art do, the, uh, do the honors. Is it because I have Arturo. funny hair right now? No, you have no hair. It's flattened. Yeah, it's, I was wearing a beanie. It's trivia time. All right. Two questions for you. The first is uh, Tesla is now offering something called a mega pack. Have you guys heard of this? No. Mm-mm. It's a shipping container sized um, battery and generator energy thing. Okay, <laughs> Utility scale energy storage product is actually what it's called, but it's the size of a shipping container. And I imagine it will provide uh, power for things like Bitcoin mining and uh, podcast cool. studios. It sounds like for perfect for your home when you go to when you move to the state of Jefferson. You can just run off. That's of that. right. <laughs> That's right. They will they will open with open arms. Tesla trucks coming in, and that'll be great. Um, what do these things cost? Mega pack. The Tesla Mega Pack. So this is it in. They have the, the Tesla wall batteries. This is like the top of the line of this product. Yeah. So you can power your home My brother has the wall in his house. Jeez. I got walls in my house, but they're not Tesla. <laughs> uh, this is... I don't know, dude. Is there some kind of government kickback or is it... No, but I will give you a, a hint. It includes installation. Okay. So, I'll go half a million. I have no idea. Uh, I was going to... Oh, I was gonna say, two hundred grand. Two hundred grand. You add one million to that. One point <laughs> oh two million dollars. If you order a bunch of them, they're a million each. Oh, what a deal! So it's for businesses. It's for anything, man. <laughs> it's um, for state of Jefferson that, moving. Dude. Yeah, dude. State of Jefferson. Yeah, I think it's for, uh, you know, a government, uh, like a server center or something, and you need to have like power backup. That's yeah. what you have. So this is backup power, not to run off of regularly. I assume it's backup power, yeah. Interesting. Really? But, you know, backup for that much? Don't you think it would be primary? Well, I think you could use it however you want, but uh, it's it's ready whenever you're you need it. Interesting. Yeah. I wonder, is it like does know. it like recharge with the grid or is it off? Is it like solar? Do you know? I wonder what that. I think that. you can do both. You can put a, a windmill on top of it. Yeah, it doesn't have to be on top of it, but you know. <laughs> Exactly. Um, yeah. So if you're into that sort of thing, uh, Tesla.com. Interesting. For more information. Um, recently I was on the Pacific crest trail and, uh, I was just driving by it actually, but, um, someone just, uh, broke the record from Mexico to Canada, uh, 2,652 miles. How fast did they do it? This is walking, right? This is hiking. Hiking. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. I remember this from, um, what was that movie with uh, Reese Witherspoon? Oh, oh right. yeah, yeah. Where she's like a recovering drug addict or something. She's, like, she's just know. free, Lane. She's just free, okay. <laughs> uh, Pacific Crest Trail. Uh, 2,500 miles? 
2652. But you're making us do math and we're going to look like idiots. I don't Well, you don't have to do math. You just tell me how fast he did it. Oh, like how many miles per hour did they how walk? No, no. How many yeah. days did it take? I know, but I, okay. You can do it however you want to do that. You have an abacus there or what are you using? You got yeah, your fingers? Dude. You can <laughs> just tell me how many days it took I this know. guy to to hike across the entire country. Yeah, because right. he stopped obviously a few times, right? So at least once. <laughs> uh, That's right. Hmm. I will say it's it's incredibly impressive because three weeks. It's not just what's three that? weeks. Three weeks. So okay. it says twenty-one days. Twenty-one days. Uh, I'm gonna go thirteen days. Thirteen days. Wow. No, you said it was impressive. <laughs> it's impressive. Okay, it's fifty-one days. Oh shit! Oh, Sixteen go. hours and fifty-five seconds. That means that he averaged fifty miles a day for seven weeks straight. That's gnarly. Yeah. yeah. And this is at altitude. This isn't just walking on a treadmill or in your neighborhood. This is at you know eight thousand feet, whatever. Fifty miles a day, every single day. Yeah, it's not that impressive, dude. <laughs> It's kook. Um, anyways, this is uh, this beats the prior prior record of fifty two days um, by just a few hours. Lane's like, so, I could have oh. done way faster in that e bike that Ali. Owned. That's not a very impressive like record breaker either. By one day, I, mean, I guess it just. Lane is the most hater of Pacific Crest Trail. I didn't expect this. <laughs> Thought he'd be impressed. Fifty miles a day, like that, that trail. Uh, I've always hated that trail, dude. Yeah, like riding my bike fifty miles sounds crazy. And that's pretty yeah. common, though, right? Doesn't everyone do that every day now? Oh well, yeah, yeah road bikes and stuff. Tons, tons of people do it. like hundreds of miles a day. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. That's not me. Yeah, I don't do it. Um, but yeah, that's that's a trek. I mean, that's probably that's like close to like. Uh, actually, putting it into perspective, I mean, isn't that how far I live from the studio? Yeah. I should do that today. I'll do, I'll walk over there. <laughs> you should yeah, walk here. <laughs> you lazy bastard. This whole time you've been driving. You have all the time in the world. The Just elevation, as you're saying, though, is the key, right? Like it's like, yeah, going elevation. over 17 or going over 92 even, it's like, hep is beefy. And just not stopping at all. I mean, uh, I don't know how much he slept, but well, not much. Was having a lot, and they're basically know. running it. You know, they've got almost was nothing. Was he sponsored by uh, a bar probably, or by a drink? Yeah, the I think it's Brady's Yacht Club. Like, I want to know what he was fueled by. by. <laughs> was he fueled by, uh, by passion? Was he fueled by, uh, he's fueled by passion. passion? Passion for sure. Yeah. All right, that's a podcast. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time. Later. Bye. See ya.